I'm Sarah Brown, and this is Gnosis, the podcast where no topic is off limits, but it's always in the outer limits. Hello, Gnosis listeners! Today we are going to take a more skeptical look at a mystical tool, the tarot. Tarot, for anyone who doesn't know, is a deck of 78 cards used to give insight into someone's life. Basically, you ask a deck of cards questions and you interpret the answers based on the card or cards that you pull. I always thought that tarot was evil when I was growing up, and it wasn't until college that I actually got my first deck. I remember going into the New Age store and playing with a deck I found online. I thought that I wanted this deck so badly because it was so beautiful, but I was playing with the deck, and no matter what question I asked, I kept pulling out the negative cards. And that was the first time I really felt like tarot had a mind of its own. I ended up buying a non-traditional Zen deck of cards because they gave me the best feeling and that's what really brought me into this world of divination or looking into the future and trying to gain insight into life using kind of mystical tools. The more experienced I became with card reading, the more I wanted a more traditional deck. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I actually traveled to Salem, Massachusetts, where I bought my traditional Rider weight deck. It seemed like a fitting place to really dive into tarot. Today's guest reminds me of where I was when I was first exploring tarot. Alex Williams is a data analyst who sees the mystical realm in a more logical way. Now, apologies, but there is a little bit of background noise because we were recording in a busy area, but if you can ignore all of that, please enjoy her take on this mystical tool. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am here with Alex, my good friend. She would like to be identified as a human. Um, but Alex, you're a data analyst. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty interesting job. It is. How did you stumble into that? Um, I really liked math. And so when I got to college, I declared an electrical engineering major, actually, because I thought, I don't know who employs math majors and electrical engineering required the most math classes out of all the engineering majors. Did it for a year. Absolutely hated it. Um, and thought, well, maybe I'll major in stats until I figure out what I actually want to do. And before I knew it, I got an email from the university saying, you're six credits away from graduating, apply for graduation. And there I was a stats major. So (laughs) here I am as a data analyst now. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't know very many people who are like, I want to be a math major. Um, That seems like a pretty interesting pursuit. I guess I um, really hate making decisions and like (laughs) unknowns um and so I always loved math because like there's 
an answer. Whereas with an English paper, some one person could think it's the greatest thing ever written and another person could think it was terrible. So I loved that there was a consistent universal truth to math. Ooh, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. It's actually kind of <laughs> funny because we're obviously on kind of a, a spookier podcast, mm-hmm. a podcast talking about mystical beliefs. And I don't know that a lot of people who are like, I want a black and white answer would also believe in mystical things. How do you balance that? Um, I think the way I got into kind of breaking out into more mystical things, right? Tarot or meditation or grounding and centering and all of that was because I felt so unbalanced Mm. and I don't think the world is black and white. And so me trying to force all of my experiences and opinions and life into these two boxes of black and white just wasn't working and was making me feel overwhelmed and anxious and lost. And so I felt like I really needed to figure out how to connect with something more flowy and less rigid. Okay, this is wild, and you're not going to believe this, and I've only had two podcasts before this, but on every single podcast, this, like, black and white mentality has come up and how it just doesn't work in the world that we live in, Mm -hmm. even though we grow up feeling like we have to live by black and white rules and live black and white choices and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting that that came up for you and plays into your belief system. So what is your belief system? So I was raised Christian and I still practice Christian. Um, I think there's a lot of good and a lot of truth that can come from that. And I definitely draw power in my life from those beliefs. And I think as I got older, I started venturing more into, uh, first learning about other religions. I, um, took a lot of classes in college and engaged in a lot of experiences and conversations about, Eastern religions, Buddhism Mm. and Taoism and all of that, I thought they had very different flavors of spirituality than typical Christianity does. Um, And that kind of led me down a path to kind of using my Christianity as like a, a rigid structure of religion and something I can come back to and is safe and I understand really well um, to allow me to kind of explore more fluid methods of connecting with my soul or my spirit or the universe so are there like specific universal truths that you found in all religion love is probably the one I think that connects every religion and um while different religions go about preaching how to love or what love looks like or Um, sometimes even who deserves love Mm. and what shape that takes differently. I think all of them strive to incorporate some kind of love as part of their journey or their belief system. Mm, I think the thing that people probably struggle with the most in organized religion is like who deserves love. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that I really identify with that. I know my brother recently came out as gay and so being raised in a Christian family it was like this weird dynamic of like are they still going to love me because this religion teaches something else so yeah right and I think love is such a a powerful force and I think that's why so many people through religious means and also occasionally through political means have tried to 
put like these constraints and these rules and guidelines and like boxes around love um, because it is so powerful, right? And so you want to be able to harness that and control it and define it. And I think people have gone about that different ways, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting that religion and politics are trying to create this black and white after we've already established and this theme keeps coming up that black and white just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. These black and white dualities of what love should be and where love should fit in. And yeah, that's super interesting. Okay. So today we are going to dive into tarot a little bit because you and I have shared a little bit of a love of tarot or an interest (laughs) in it at least (laughs) and um so what first drew you to tarot I had heard about tarot um other than you I don't think anyone in my life like regularly gets their cards read or owns a deck or strongly believes in the power of tarot at all. Um, But I've definitely heard about it and like brushed up against it in my life. And when you mentioned that you had a deck and read, I thought it would, I don't know, be something you experience at least (laughs) once in your life, right? Was I the first person to read your cards? Mm -hmm. You're the only person to have ever read my cards, actually. Okay, I just read your cards last week, right? Yes. Okay, let's talk about that experience. Um, So I came to you because I said I'm feeling a lack of balance in my life, and I'm not sure how to get that. And so you read my cards for me, and it was scarily accurate. Right? It scared me. And it's happened every time you've read my cards. Every time I go in, I always think like, okay, this time when she reads them, like, I'm not going to totally relate to them, or there's going to be one that's like off and doesn't make sense, and I can't figure out how to fit it into my life, but it hasn't happened yet, so. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, do you have an explanation for why it's accurate? So for me... Thinking logically first. Right, right. Because you are so logical you're following this mathematic path right and for me tarot is logical and almost not mystical which I'm sure is probably not a commonly held belief about people that enjoy tarot um but for me the the cards and what's depicted in them are very symbolic obviously right Mm -hmm. which is why you can use the same deck of cards to read for two people in very different life situations with different experiences and opinions and backgrounds and tarot to me almost feels like a story I feel like when I was growing up I was definitely that kid that like read myself into all of the books right Mm, whether it was like a princess story or a warrior story or like murder mystery story right like Mm -hmm. I would relate to the characters and the experiences and the emotions even if it wasn't something that like I could perfectly relate to because I had experienced it. I think everyone, there's common themes in humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Love and disappointment and jealousy and heartache and um, trials and celebrations, right? Yeah. And so I think if you can capture those common themes in humanity and put them into these cards, then everyone can relate to them Mm -hmm. and read those into their own lives. And so I think it's so accurate because the tarot cards better than any other form I've found capture those common themes of humanity Mm. perfectly. And so when you pull a card, 
it's something that you can relate to. It's something I can relate to. It's something the random person on the street can relate to. And so then you can take that um, overarching theme and apply the details from your life into it and be able to relate to it that way. I feel like I definitely connect with the fact that I was an imaginative child. Like, the reason that I connect with tarot. Like, I agree with you. I can read myself into them and be like, yeah, I see how this applies to my life. I can see the correlations there. Um, So do you feel like you have to have an active imagination in order for them to be effective? I think that's probably a combination of the person getting their cards read and the person doing the reading, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the person uh, doing the reading, if you're having someone else read your cards, plays a huge role in helping you to make that connection to the mm-hmm. cards and helping you to read it into your life if that's not something you're good at. Yeah, that's interesting. So maybe like as me being the one who's reading your cards, I'd be like, oh, I see how this connects. And so even if you don't have an active imagination but someone could help you see how right, it connects. Right, okay. you're close enough to my life that you know the big things going on mm-hmm. in my life and even some of the little things. And so when you pull cards, you go, oh, like I can see mm-hmm. this relating to that experience in your life, which then to me makes that connection between the experience you were thinking of and the card. But it also says, gives me almost a framework, right? And yeah. then I can say, okay, this experience that's happened to me I can then draw that to other experiences in my life that you might not know about. And it's easier for me to connect to an experience I've had than just the card. And so you're almost bridging between the card and my life for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to push you even further on this because (laughs) remember, okay, you came in and Mm -hmm. I was like, what is the problem you're looking for insight about? Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm lacking balance in my life. And the first two cards I pulled were specifically about balance. Yes. How can you make that logical? The data analyst in me wants to say that, like, you know, (laughs) there's, I don't know how many cards in a tarot deck relate to balance, and I don't know how common balance is a theme for people getting their tarot cards read, but I want to say it's just luck of the draw. Yeah. Um, But I feel like there's also a part of me that believes in... I'm blanking on the word for it, but like a a power in the universe, right? Um, yeah. And I think even if the cards hadn't have been directly related to balance, because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the, the three you drew after that weren't necessarily balanced cards specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost felt like those three were just as perfect for my question mm-hmm. in the situation as the two balance cards were right and so mm-hmm. I think you could look at any card and say like oh that was like hindsight's twenty twenty, right yeah. like that card was so perfect for this question in this situation for xyz reasons mm-hmm. um and and you because we don't focus on the parts of the card that aren't relevant to the situation right like I wouldn't even remember the parts of those balance cards that I was like I don't know how that like fits in right now so I'm going to focus on these other three or four things mm-hmm. that I can garner from it hmm And, okay, so you said luck of the draw. What do you believe about luck? Oh, I think, what's the old cutesy quote about luck is just like hard work in disguise or something? I think a lot (laughs) of luck in life comes from um, your choices and actions as well as the choices and actions of those close to you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But, I mean, there's also, like, some randomness randomness to life, right? Mm-hmm. You can't perfectly predict everything or anything for that matter, so... Yeah. A little bit of luck to it. Yeah. I don't know what I believe. Sometimes I hold the cards and I'm like, they've got a mind of their own. And then sometimes I... I don't know. Depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> you like, okay, this is just totally random, but maybe I needed to hear it because it's making me think of my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm fascinating so why do you think at least every time I've brought up tarot to someone I feel like they're a little bit anxious if they've never had their cards read I even have a friend who like if I am doing a tarot reading or like tarot's even like out in the area he'll just leave because he's like freaked out by it what do you think makes people nervous about it I think this idea of introspection and connecting with those common themes of humanity that we talked about earlier is something that a lot of people aren't comfortable with because it's one not something we do very often and two when you do do it it is often connected with some kind of religious aspect right yeah um and there are a lot of people that put a lot of belief and power into the ideas of religion and whether you want to call it like your soul or your spirit or right, mm-hmm. like that realm and part of us. Um, and so when it's something that connects to that and we don't fully understand it, I think that can be really scary. Cause I mm-hmm. think deep down we all know that that soul part of us is big and yeah. powerful and it's a lot harder to understand than like our body or our mind. Right. Yeah. Like it's really easy to say like, okay, I'm going to, eat healthy today and that's going to be good for my body or I'm going to study and take classes and that's good for my mind it's a lot harder to say like Mm -hmm. pin down this is good for my soul and like this is how I give power to that soul part of me and so when people don't understand it I think it can be a really scary thing yeah I feel like a lot of people tie religion to tarot and tarot seems like a lot of religions have demonized it yeah but it's but like how you were studying different religions and you found universal truths amongst them. Mm-hmm. Why do you think religions like try to tear each other down in that sense? When we're, we're all really searching we're, for We're these all just trying to be happy, things, you know? Right? We're all yeah. just trying to be happy and find peace and love in our lives. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you could take the route of Um, at one point religion was very strongly tied with like general power in Mm. life right um riches and political power and and whatever um and I think some of that mentality still lingers today I also think that um it's one of those things that for a lot of people is so deeply a part of them whether it's because they were raised in a religion and their whole family is religious and they've had lots of really good experiences in it or um religion has kind of stepped in later in life and helped them a lot right um that it's so deeply held to them that it's very personal and almost Mm -hmm. sacred right and so when people say no, the things you think and believe and work for you and whatever are wrong, Mm -hmm. it feels like they're attacking you as a person instead of just the religion, right? Yeah, yeah. Religion is really close to 
like whether or not you believe in religion, like your belief about religion is something super personal right. for people. And I think even for people that aren't necessarily practicing as part of an organized religion, I think mm-hmm. those, um, when I say religious, I mean whatever you do to connect to that soul part of your body, right? And for some people that's maybe hiking in nature. Um, for some people it's, you know, cuddling up with a cozy cup of tea and staring at the wall while it rains outside and letting your thoughts run. There's meditation and yoga and tarot Mm -hmm. on top of, you know, attending specific religious services and Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of like ordinances and practices that are associated with organized religion. Yeah. Do you, so I know that you were playing with the idea of getting your own tarot deck. (laughs) Are you still going to? I think I will. Yeah. Um, it's not at the top of my to-do list right now <laughs> as far as errands to run and things to take care of. But um, I, I'm i a big journaler. Uh-huh. It's a big way of how I process my thoughts and try and make sense of the muddle of life. And I think that um, pulling cards for myself could be another way to kind of help me compartmentalize my thoughts mm-hmm. and give them structure. Um, and especially look at them in a way that I haven't before. I think that's what I like most about tarot is that when I'm journaling, it's just me and my thoughts and the paper. And I only see it from one point of view and the track I'm on is where I'm going. And with tarot, often it gives you a slightly different other factors to consider, Mm -hmm. um, other pieces of the puzzle and parts of the story that obviously I'm aware of because I'm living the life. But maybe wouldn't factor into that specific emotion or event or journaling experience. Oh, that's interesting. Like, it kind of is like a journal prompt at that point where it's like, okay, let me rethink how things are Mm -hmm. going. I like that. Oh, I like the scientific approach to it because I think everyone I know who actually does tarot, it's like everyone has their own feelings and opinions Mm -hmm. about it, but I feel like they all veer on the side of, Ooh, it's mystical and yeah, mysterious yeah. and we don't know anything <laughs> about it. But like I like there's 78 cards in a tarot deck and you're breaking it down to like what percentage is equal balance. And I like that. I think it's I think it's uh I I read a study about crystals and I referenced this in a previous episode, but I think it applies here where it's like there's studies that say that crystals are completely placebo and then there's studies that say crystals affect the environment. And I feel like tarot could be the same yeah. way. It's like Tarot could be completely scientific or it could be completely mystical. And I think you could see it on both ends of it. And I don't think people see it in this like data driven area. I like that. And I think that's where a lot of like the power of tarot comes from is what power are you giving Mm. it? Right. Um, Like your friend that doesn't even want to be around the the tarot cards um, because they're worried about them. Like, that's almost still giving them a lot of power, right? Like, fear is definitely a very powerful emotion. Um, And so whether you believe in them in a positive light or believe in them in a negative light or, like, don't believe in them at all, um, like, I think that's where their power comes from, right? If you were reading cards for someone that was like, this is complete junk, it means nothing. They're not going to put forth the effort to see themselves in the cards. They're not going to put forth the effort to gain any kind of intelligence or experience or progression from that and so for them the cards wouldn't have any power that's a good point I feel like uh the same power that you can give to tarot cards is like the same power you give to people in like relationships like if it can go to love it's like Mm -hmm. the opposite of love is not hate 
And the opposite of believing in tarot cards is not being afraid of tarot cards. It's like complete apathy in between. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's totally true. (laughs) Well, I have loved talking to you about tarot, but I want to go back to your beliefs. Um, I know you mentioned love earlier and we were talking before the podcast, but what is the most mystical belief that you hold? We were talking and before we started recording, I told you that some people might consider my traditional Christianity beliefs as somewhat mystical and out there. Um, but to me personally, if I'm defining mystical beliefs, I think it's the power of love, which we did touch on. And I think is why for a lot of people, religions hold so much power mm-hmm. and can cause such strong emotions. Um, I think love is arguably the most powerful force in the world, right? Um, I think it can, that you can't really progress as a human without learning how to love and how to be loved. I, to me personally, that's the meaning I've given to life. Mm. Like, why are we here? What are we doing? I think it's to learn how to love um, and how to deal with the absence of love and Mm. all the things that that's wound up in. And so love is my most mystical belief. (laughs) I love that. I, okay. So there's this movie that is on my top 10 movies list, which I'm like slightly embarrassed to admit, but have you seen the movie Aquamarine? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Brief recap for anyone who hasn't. It's about a mermaid who has to have someone fall in love with her. Uh, Otherwise she'll be sucked back into the ocean. She wants to be human. Right. Um, but there's a quote in the movie that's um, love is the closest thing we have to magic. And I 100% believe that whether it's self-love or figuring out how to love other people Mm -hmm. or like (laughs) being able to break down barriers between communities and share love between people you have nothing in common with. I think those are the kinds of things that make groups of people who don't know each other in movie theaters cry together or (laughs) what makes us like band together when something horrible happens like when 9-11 happened but the entire country was like in this deep emotional like love and caring for each other and I don't know that there's been another time since then since that tragedy that we've really like banded together as a nation I think that love is so powerful and people discount it a lot yeah, and I yeah, it runs through everyone's life. Like, the next time you read a book or a movie, even if it doesn't have a traditional like romantic love story, there's gonna be love undertones, whether it's a friendship or like a love of country or a love of power or yeah. right. Like, even aside from the love for people, that emotion of love, I think, is it's what drives every decision you make and every decision you don't. Ooh, I think it's so interesting you bring up love of power because I wasn't even thinking about the bad side of love, like people loving things that actually hurt other people right. and that creating some chaos and destruction. It's Ooh. powerful, which means yeah. you can use it for good or evil. And I feel like you have the point of life is to learning how to harness that and use yeah. it for good. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alex. Yeah, thanks I've for having me. I loved this conversation. <laughs>
And I love you. And I appreciate the time that you came on to talk about this stuff. And hopefully I can have you back on the podcast. For sure. Thanks for introducing me to Tarot and helping me figure out my life more through that medium. Oh, of course. Anytime. listening to this episode of Gnosis, and thank you to Joseph McDade for letting us use his song Olympus. If you're a fan of the show, help us spread the word by leaving a review with lots of stars. For any feedback, stories, or ideas, please email me at thegnosispodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at thegnosispodcast. Additional information on our guests can always be found in the show notes. Until next time, Keep exploring those spiritual mysteries.